Hey, how's it going, YouTube? How's it going, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, wherever you're listening from? Welcome to the Erica Broadcast for February 13, 2017. Um, yeah, I guess we should get this thing started. Um, it's actually three in the morning where I am recording this podcast right now. My roommate is in the room over asleep, so my voice may be a little quieter than it is normal. I hope that's okay. I'm going to try not to be a bad roommate and keep her up all night as it is. She doesn't have school tomorrow, and neither do I, but tomorrow's homework day. We all want to sleep in a little bit before that, so it might be a little quieter, so just turn up the volume there, and uh, I think we'll be okay. Welcome to the podcast. How's it, how are you guys doing? Uh, why am I up at 3 in the morning? Um, I'm, I'm actually really tired. If this might be the first podcast where I start to fall asleep during the podcast. We'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, I have been doing homework all day, uh, a little off and on. I guess um, that's one thing we could talk about today, uh, learning how to study what is necessary, but also studying what you want to study, because that's what I did a lot of today. I uh, found something that I actually, it was still related to my Japanese studies in the language studies, but I found something that I actually really wanted to learn kind of on my own. Um, and through that, I found that I was retaining the words and wanting to learn a little more um, more than I normally thought. So uh, we'll get into that a little later. Um, how are you guys doing? Midterms just ended for me. If you guys are on the quarter system, uh, midterms just ended last week. Did I already talk about midterms? I don't think I have. No, midterms were just this last week. I think they went okay. Basically, my, my classes that I'm taking right now, I'm taking Japanese and then two classes that are basically just like requirements that I haven't fulfilled yet. So I don't really care about them. It's like an English writing class and my writing skills aren't that strong and the other class is a conflict resolution so I'm learning how to resolve conflict uh, except I am not reading the book <laughs> I'm uh, instead focusing all my uh, energy toward the Japanese studies so I had a couple days off this weekend which was nice I got to uh, hang out with some old friends that I haven't seen in a long time and just hang out in general I haven't had a lot of time lately to do just kind of like basic hangouts and that was really nice to spend just a Friday doing kind of nothing, hanging out with friends and just hanging out. <laughs> Haven't done that basically in the last month or so. So that was pretty nice. And then, yeah, the last couple of days I've just been kind of hanging out here, getting a little bit of editing done, actually getting a little bit of uh, Erica Broad videos done. I'm excited to put those out, but I'm also excited to work on some new stuff. Uh, I've been editing these videos from Japan from the last year and they're really fun but I think they're most fun when you do them in the moment I'm kind of starting to realize that as I go back and look at these old videos and they're fun to look at um, but to see myself a year ago and even just like the way I dressed and things like that I'm just like oh I don't want to post this it just it's weird so I've been editing through those but they, they they're still gonna come up don't get me wrong I, I think I'm just finding myself excited I'm looking forward to the new things that are gonna come from Eric abroad but that won't happen until school ends later in June so I still have about four months until that goes down so until then I'm gonna continue editing those videos and hopefully getting them out in somewhat of a reasonable manner manner for you guys to check out and the weekly podcast as well and yes so I've just been basically doing homework and I guess um, we could just go ahead and dive in I don't know how long this podcast is going to be just as I am really tired I think I'm gonna probably keep it around 40 45 minutes so I apologize it's normally closer to an hour hour and 15 minutes but uh 
I am I'm really I'm really tired. I I thought about waking up in the morning and doing this later, but I don't want to wake up, do the podcast and deal with all the uploading before homework. I feel like if I do all this and then try to study, it's just not going to happen, you know? Like once you're you I have to I have to personally if I'm going to be studying really hard all day, I have to do it from the moment I wake up. It has to be from dawn till dusk, straight up nothing but studying. So, that's my day tomorrow. And I guess it doesn't matter really when I get up. It's just that when I get up, I have to go study. So my way of doing that, this might be a tip, I guess, if you need help studying. It's not really a tip. Everyone knows this. But what I do is basically I'm going to, you know, stay up tonight, fall asleep normally, not really rush to bed or anything, as I'm not really too rushed tomorrow. It's actually a pretty lax uh, study day. But I'm going to, right when I wake up, you know, shower, make my breakfast or whatever, and grab some coffee to go you know, make some coffee and go and immediately go to the nearest Starbucks. This is a Starbucks literally down the street from where I live. If I try to study here in front of the computer, my, my work desk isn't that big altogether. So I, I tend to get distracted and I'll, I'll, I'll watch one YouTube video and that leads to six. And all of a sudden I'm watching videos on how sharks are cooked in other countries. <laughs> it's just like, like weird shit. You know, the, the, the YouTube, you guys know what I'm talking about. The YouTube rabbit hole where you just, you, you find yourself in the comments uh, with other people saying, how in the hell did I get here? And I'm, I'm totally that guy. So tomorrow I'm going to be waking up, going to Starbucks and studying all day. And I'd rather have the podcast just kind of done so I don't have to worry about it. Um, so yeah, here we are. And um, trying to think, if is there anything else that happened this week? Not really. No, not too much for this guy. Not too much for Eric Abroad this week. I guess um, while I'm talking here, I apologize. This is the uh, quality of my podcast. I'm going to be pulling up comments of uh that have been posted lately <laughs> i'm kind of doing this on the fly here again i kind of just turned on the podcast right after i finished studying just because uh i am pretty tired so let me see if i can even figure out how to find these community comments all right so i'm gonna see if i can find a couple comments on the fly usually i do this ahead of time so i don't look like uh, i look right now and a little unprepared as i am um, I, I guess one funny, it's it's more of a comment, but uh, Elvis Zoo says, here, I'll, I'm going to pull this on my other screen here so I can see it. Here we go. Uh, Elvis Zoo was watching the video uh, where I interviewed college students at Kansai Gaida University called Japanese College Students Interviewed in English. And he says, the questions you asked are so stupid. <laughs> There's not much, It's not even that funny. I think I'm just really tired. I just see that and I think it's hilarious. Like the questions you asked are so stupid. No capitals, no periods, just all lowercase. That's all he has to say. So Elvis, um, I appreciate the constructive criticism. <laughs> um, oh, there's a long comment here. Should I read the whole thing? I haven't read it yet. I'm going to read it for you guys right now. Let's do this. Um, from Eugenia. This was a couple days ago. She says, this is from last week's podcast where we talked about how and how not to make Japanese friends if you're trying to study the Japanese language or you're really interested in Japanese culture. Um, there are some things that can be bad when making Japanese friends and, you know, you know so much about their culture and putting them on that pedestal just because they're from that country. Um, they may not necessarily be into the stuff that you're into. Anyways, if you want to listen to it, you can go back to that video. But uh, Eugenia says, Eugenia, yeah, Eugenia says, uh, great podcast. Thank you, Eugenia. Uh, good luck with studying. Thank you for replying on Snapchat. Oh, yeah, that's one thing I forgot to mention. Thanks to all who participated in the live uh, Snapchat madness. That went down. When was that? I think that was Thursday night. 
I uh, had just finished my midterms and I was kind of in a good mood just because that was out of the way. I was really, I was pretty stressed about my midterms actually because I hadn't prepared, not for the Japanese one, that was the one I was prepared for. It was the other two <laughs> because I haven't been doing, like I'm doing enough to get by in those classes, but I'm not like studying super crazy. So I was pretty nervous for those, but I think I did okay. And uh, after that, I had like two hours before bed and I was like, this was, I, I have a good idea. It, I don't know if it was a good idea or not, but I posted on Twitter, Instagram, where else did I post it? And my Snapchat like story or whatever that uh, whoever snaps me in the, over the next two hours, not right now, you don't have to do it right now, but if you want to feel free. But um, at that time I said, whoever snaps me from now until two hours from right now, I will personally reply with either a video or a picture with like some, you know, words or whatever. <laughs> you know, the first couple of minutes it's trickling through it slow and I'm, I'm enjoying it. But seriously, I think I went to the bathroom and came back and my phone was like, I seriously had like 20 plus snaps that all were like waiting for replies. And Snapchat is like, I have a love hate relationship with Snapchat. Snapchat is like you open it up and half the time it'll like, I don't know, I'm on Android. So this could be just me. <coughs> Excuse me. This could just be me. But when I open it, it's like half the time it'll like crash or like say I'll open a message it'll like go back and I'm not sure who it was that I, whose message I just read so I have to like guess who I'm replying to and I make mistakes so I think I did okay though on Thursday I think it was pretty good it, it was it actually was a lot of fun I think next time I'm gonna do it for an hour and um I would love to do it like during a live maybe would that be no that'd be maybe that'd be too much I was gonna say I've done live streams in the past where we do a podcast like this but it's live with like a chat room that would be pretty fun um, but I think that could get a little crazy so sorry I'm getting a little ahead of myself there um, but I would love to do it another time like maybe on the next like live podcast or just another podcast I'm gonna announce like a date and time like hey for an hour at this time you will get snaps back from Eric abroad and this is only gonna work as the channels like so small I'm not like expecting it to get huge but if it ever does get like massive I, I think it's a thing that like never could work unless you like hired someone to run your snapchat for you and like say I was like you know I don't know I just for example I don't work in an office or anything but say I worked in an office like the Erica Broad office and I hired the snapchat person to record me as I'm like chilling or doing whatever I'm doing they would basically just follow me around with snap and like reply to everyone like <laughs> if the channel ever gets big enough that you have to hire a snapchat person that's how you know you've made it <laughs> um all right continuing with this comment um, what did she say? Thank you for replying. Yes, that was awesome. Uh, also questions for topic or a future podcast. Okay. I might take note of this one. Um, like I've looked, I'm reading this word for word, by the way. So this isn't my speaking. This is hers, uh, or his like, I've looked this up, but it's a bit shady. So I'm not really sure you want to live in Japan and work, right? That's correct. How does it work with all the paperwork? I read that you can only have like one citizenship in Japan. So if you want to move there, you have to give up your original citizenship. What do you think about that? Or do you want to move there like 100%? Or is there a green card or something like that? Thank you for the podcast and good luck with your work, Eugenia. Thank you, Eugenia. I appreciate it. That was actually a really good question and a great comment. I'm surprised. I'm happy I picked that one because I hadn't read it yet. And um, that's a really good question. And I, I think I'm going to have to collect... A little bit more data and a little bit more research and then dive into that that's actually a great question that's a I'm gonna write that down right now before I forget hold on sorry again the quality of this podcast is just stupendous right okay visa paperwork slash 
Oh yeah, I can put on the Jeopardy theme while I'm doing this. Apologize. Sorry about that, guys. Here, hold on. And boom, got it. Um, so yes, to answer the part of your question that I can't answer is that yes, I do have an interest in moving to Japan and working there. Um, without going into too much detail, I'm currently applying for a position at an English teaching school right now, and um, I will be meeting that boss later in March, and then hopefully going to work there this fall. That being said. Nothing is, uh, there's no paperwork really signed yet or anything. I've had an interview and I, it went really well. Um, they basically told me that I can have the job, but I want to go and kind of affirm it. That's why I'm going in March to make sure it's there and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> so I may, it may happen that I may not get this job, but I, yes, my, to answer your question, yes, I hope to go there and do a little English teaching to pay off school. Um, and in that time, I would like to continue studying Japanese, of course, continue this channel. The channel would get a lot more new material. I'd be focusing a lot more on it. I'd probably, especially in the first, I'm going a little sidetracked here, but especially if I, let's say, for example, I moved to Japan this fall, which is kind of my dream or kind of my, my goal. And if I can do it, I'm going to go for it. Um, my goal, yeah, would be to work, I think, if I worked full time and lived pretty frugally. Um, I, I hope to be able to pay off school over three, three and a half years. So I think I would with it. So for that time, you know, it'd be about three years. I'd be working full time, but because I'd be saving a lot of money and spending most of my money trying to pay off school, it would be a great time. I think for me to really focus on this channel. And I know that this channel is small, but I think that there's a, it does have some potential, I think just because. You guys are great fans, and I know, again, I, I keep saying that it's small, but it's not. I, I do appreciate how much, like, I never thought I'd really have this many subscribers. I, I only say small in relation to, I only say small in that you guys don't govern my, like, my full-time work schedule yet. <laughs> like, I, you know, I know other YouTubers that have, you know, hundreds of thousands of subscribers, and they're able to do YouTube full-time. So in that sense, they're kind of obligated, and they kind of have to put stuff out. And in my case, I'm, I feel kind of lucky still in that my channel's so small that, you know, if I'm if I'm late on a podcast or I met, I miss a video or a deadline or something like that, it's not as big a deal. But of course, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm not saying that I don't prioritize your guys' schedules, but you 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 know what I mean, right? Um, it's kind of nice having that luxury of not. It's still a hobby for me. So when I go to Japan, um. Yes, I will likely not be making like a whole lot of money because I'm going to be paying off school and stuff like that. I'll be surviving. I'll have enough to pay rent and things like that and go out a little bit. But for aside from like extra money or any money I make like on the side with like a part-time job or something, it's mostly I'm mostly going to be spending probably a lot of my time just probably like studying Japanese at home. You know, of course, of course I'm going to go out and do Eric abroad things like that, but like that's what I'm going into, I guess is that I'm going to stay home and like study and stuff like that, but also spend a lot of time doing the channel, which that will be outside as well. But that also includes a lot of editing time. I think my schedule is going to be pretty relaxed. I, you know, I'll be working Monday through Friday, I think, but it like doesn't start till the later afternoon. So I have mornings that I could do a little bit. I could exercise and get some stuff done. Um, and then on weekends, you know, if I was making a lot of money, I'd probably be going out more or going to more plate, like far places for Eric abroad. But at, at first, I kind of can't, you know, just money-wise being tied up. So 
uh, I'm going to really be using that time again. I've said it like six times now, but just focusing on studying Japanese, going out and practicing my Japanese. I will, of course, go out. And I think part of the benefit, the way I'm going to be able to, um, I guess the, there can be plenty of podcasts where we go over like living in Japan. It'll be easier actually once I'm like actually living there alone. I, I lived there for 10 months studying abroad, but that's going to be very different than actually living there. So as I don't technically have the experience yet, I have an idea. Um, so I, I, I think the way I'm going to be able to budget still like affording to go out with a friend, um, like, let's say for example, like on a weekend, it's like, okay, I want to get a lot of editing done and some Japanese, but I also want to not miss out. You know, I don't want to be a shut in. That was one of my rules. I think when I was studying abroad, actually, that I took really seriously was that if anyone ever invited me to go out or there was something more fun to do than sitting at home editing and don't get me wrong, I love editing, but if there was something that was like you can only do this in Japan and if you say no you're gonna regret it maybe in the future I never turned it down I always went out I would I would come home and like start editing and someone would call me like dude we're going out you come in I would instantly go there I don't think there was a single time that I said no it was a rule that I made like I'm only here for 10 months this may be the only time I'm here in Japan you know at the time I was thinking this I wasn't sure if I'd be going back or not and I decided yeah I'm gonna go out and I, I I don't regret it at all of course I wish I could have gotten a little bit some more videos out but I'm still able to get videos out at least at a you know relatively okay pace um, that will pick up hopefully in the future but I don't regret I think it was one of the best decisions I made so I, I encourage you guys as well if you guys go to Japan even just a visit or something like that and you're like oh maybe I'll just stay in the hotel and just watch some TV I, I encourage you know that's all good but if you're only there for a short amount of time I really encourage you just go you won't, I really you won't regret it when you come home will you be like oh I wish I stayed in the hotel and watched that movie or will you be like I'm really glad I went out to that cafe and met that grandma and talked to her for a half hour and she bought me coffee like things like that because you'll you'll always bump into little things like that and that's not going to happen if you're stuck at home so I guess now if I go back I'll be able to kind of mix both because I've already gotten it I, I got I got the 10 months in. I kind of got it on my system. It was nonstop party time. Uh, I had a little bit more money to spend as I was borrowing money from my school and stuff. And now I have to pay it all back. So, for example, like if I go and it's like a Saturday and I'm like, all right, I really want I really need to get editing done. Like there's a video that needs to get out. So I I wake up, have breakfast or whatever, edit slash do some Japanese studying like all day. And then maybe I'll go out later at like six or seven o'clock for dinner. And the way, again, I was going to get into how I'm going to be able to, to budget that out is um, the kitchen life in Japan. The kitchens are much, much smaller than in the U.S. And the refrigerators, as consequence, are also much smaller. So it's kind of one of those cultures, which is probably more relatable. I've, I haven't been to Europe extensively, but I'm just aware that like in places like I, this is what I've heard. I could be wrong, but like places like France and um, just some other uh, European countries that um, they don't stock up on food like us Americans do. Like me, I just went to the store. Like I'm in America right now, and I went to the store and basically bought like a month's worth of food so that I don't have to go back to the store. And the reason I do that is because I'm personally not driving right now in order to save money, and so I'm relying on taking a bicycle or the train. And that's great, but if you go grocery shopping, it's really hard to, you know, get all your groceries home. So what I've been doing is basically at the beginning of the month, uh, after a paycheck or something, I'll go to the food market and do all my shopping, get a ton of stuff, and then call an Uber <laughs> to take me home, which is about three minutes away. And um, 
it's like five bucks, you know, considering I don't have to pay for like gas and insurance and like maintenance of a car. I think five bucks every once in a while and a little bit of like having to walk around. It's, it's worth it for me right now. Of course I miss my car living in America without a car is ass. It really, really sucks. And I, I guess where's, where's my sound effects. I thought I had a sound effect. <laughs> That's what having no car in America is like. It's a lot of that. Um, I've had like, uh, exchange students who have studied abroad from Japan and they're so used to in Japan, you know, if you're living in any kind of a city, there's really no need for a car. Having a car is cool, but it's kind of a luxury, kind of an extra thing. Um, having a car in Japan, I think is pretty expensive too. So like kids my age who are maybe like in college, like up until now, they may have their license in Japan, but they don't have it here. And they're, you know, of course they're not going to have a car while studying abroad. But I, I really don't think they, they realize the extent of how much a car is needed in America. It's just so – our whole country is revolved around driving your car. We have drive through for food. And, um, I mean, we have uh, – at least I'm lucky that I live in Portland, Oregon. Um, not not Portland, Ohio. Someone commented a few weeks back saying Portland, Ohio – or what? no. Yeah, was it Ohio? Yeah, no. Not Ohio. Portland, Oregon on the west coast. Portlandia. We actually have a pretty good train system, which is cool. I live pretty close to a train, um, but of course, it's still it's still the train system in America. It's the trains are slow; they're not always on time. The buses are even slower; they come infrequently, maybe once every half hour to an hour. And so, if you miss your bus, you're stuck for an hour. And in Japan, it's just the opposite. The trains are always on time. If they're at all, if they're, I think if they're over five minutes, the whole train station um, is legally needs to give you a slip to in order for you to tell your boss this is why i'm five minutes late because the train station was late look they this is their signature um the train station will apologize if they're over five minutes late i only saw it once um this is this is kind of a dark thing we won't go into too much but someone had actually jumped in front of a train um while i was in japan in the station where i went to school i basically woke up and was on my way to school and i saw like kind of a forensics team cleaning up and I think I've told this story in the past, so if I already have, I apologize. But uh, long story short, I guess it's not that long of a story, but yeah, I showed up and it looked like they were cleaning up some kind of a, you know, some kind of a mess. And I was like, oh, I was kind of just curious what was going on. And I overheard someone say it was someone jumped in front of the train. So unfortunately, there was a salary man in the area who had uh, committed suicide by jumping in front of the train. And it's not the most uncommon thing in Japan, just as again train life in japan is part of japan life like part of like that's i'd imagine for a japanese person like a train station or a train is such a like nostalgic part of your life just me being there for 10 months i i really like found myself attached to the train when i came coming back to america and being like where's the train like where's my where where is it um it was actually a really sad thing surprisingly you'll be surprised um I mean, Japan's train system is the best in the world, as far as I know. If it's if there's anywhere else that's better, please let me know in the comments. But I, I believe it's the best in the world as far as efficiency and speed. And they have the bullet train that goes over like 250 miles an hour. You can get from Tokyo to Osaka in, I think, just over two hours, where by a normal bus, it takes about eight and a half to nine hours. And I did that once and it was super worth it. Um... Wow, I really got off track. What was I talking about um, originally? I apologize. We're talking about the train station. Someone jumped in front of the train. Oh, yeah, just me going shopping. Wait, I, I apologize, actually. I'm, I'm so tired. I'm, like, losing my train of thought here. Let's do a Jeopardy for my thoughts here. 
we're gonna try to see what was Eric talking about um, oh yes I'll pause it dun, 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 dun. Um, how am I gonna afford to, okay this is all leading back to the France thing is that in France and in Europe and things like that in places like that where uh, walking is a big part of your life because in Japan with the trains and the buses you're generally walking a lot of your day is it's usually best to buy whatever you're gonna cook for dinner that night kind of on your way home maybe you could stock up a little bit for the week um, but it's definitely not the same as in America here where we stock up like a meat locker freezer full of stuff so we don't have to go shopping it's here in America it's kind of like <laughs> we're, we're such a like independent mindset in that it's like I, I I'm just I'm trying to put myself in the mind of someone maybe like a couple hundred years ago where it's like maybe you lived kind of out you had a farm you lived in the countryside if you killed something like a like an animal you'd have meat for just x amount of time so you kind of it's kind of like this stocking up kind of thing this is probably that's probably not an applicable example to what i'm trying to say but like you could probably apply to any country <laughs> i just feel like that's how kind of how americans are and we have really big fr uh, freezers really big fridges uh, pantries and we just stock it up we go to costco and we fill that shit up so in Japan, because the fridges are so small and yeah, the kitchen's small, but it's not unusable. It's a stove and there is no oven though. That's okay. That's another thing. Um, another note is that in Japan, uh, the kitchens generally don't have an oven in the traditional sense that you, that maybe you and I would think like a big oven for cooking a pizza. Sorry, it's not there. Um, in lieu of that, you will have a toaster oven and a microwave generally and possibly a i think a lot of the times at least at my host family in my friend's house where he lived we both had a kind of a, a fish fryer it's basically like a little oven but just for fish it was just awesome you know in japan that's obviously super convenient so if i end up having one of those in my apartment i'm still trying to find out my apartment and all, all that stuff if i have one we're gonna be doing a little uh, cooking with eric abroad with the with that cooker because i'm gonna have to figure out how it works because I have no idea. We'll probably burn the fish or uh, hopefully not burn the place down while we're there. But the, yeah, there's no oven. So um, if there's like a toaster oven, you have to cook things that are smaller. You know, you're not going to be cooking a whole pizza or anything there. Um, so my point is, <laughs> my point this last like 20 minute ramble is that because I may be do buying a lot less groceries, like of course I'm going to try to buy as much as I can and uh, breakfast and lunch like I'll probably pack my own lunch and do breakfast but I think a lot of dinner meals I'm gonna buy it out um, maybe not every night like on the weekends I'll be I'll be in the house so I can cook for myself but on weekdays and stuff like after work I, I see myself at least four times a week eating out because eating out in Japan is actually affordable you can there's so many restaurants and uh, street stands and uh, ramen shops and things like that that's a perfect place you can drop five, six hundred yen, which is roughly about five American dollars, and get a full meal, like a full, like you're stuffed, like you're good. And um, you can also, at a lot of these restaurants, you can order them to go. Uh, places like Skia and uh, what is it called, Matsuya? There's, it's, they're basically like the really, the really uh, 24 hour, really cheap food. Still really good. It's really good, but it's kind of considered basic average food. I personally think it's great compared to basic average food in America. Uh, the basic food of Japan is tremendously better. And um, so my, my whole point with all this is trying to say that um, because I'm going to probably be eating out a little bit more than I do here in America, um, and I just want to try new foods while in Japan, of course, I'm going to use that as my time to go out and like meet with friends. So that way I'm not just seeing myself going to work and going straight home and 
maybe not applying my Japanese or learning as much as I should or being cultured enough. You know, I don't want to be that shut in the guy who came all the way from America just to sit in his apartment. I don't want to do that. Not all the time, but I'm going to have to at first to save money. Um, but again, just going out and going to work alone is going to be an adventure. So um, at least at first. So I'm going to try to, you know, on uh, maybe on weekends or just after work, go out and get some food and um, hopefully be able to meet with some friends and things like that. And um, to get back to Eugenia's question, we're going to I'm going to have to wrap up these questions. And uh, I kind of went off on a big tangent there. That was fun, though. Um, she was basically asking, yeah, like you want to live in Japan? And I just answered that. Yes. How does it work with all the paperwork? So that's that's kind of the thing where I think I'm going to do a little more research so that I can explain it in a little bit more detail. But I can explain to you my situation right now. So um, if you have an interest in teaching English in Japan and most people who want to go to Japan and work there, that's usually what they want to do because it's for in my case, for example, I was born and raised in America. So I come from an English speaking country. I'm natively I speak natively in the English language, at least I think I do, and um, and I speak in the American English language, which is uh, luckily the most sought after accent or dialect, I suppose, in uh, Japan. But that being said, if you're from uh, anywhere like in uh, from London or something like that or somewhere else that speaks English, as long as your country is a native English speaking country, um, you'll have basically no problem getting into the country as an English teacher. But there are three ways to go about it that I know of. There may be more, but um, these are the three that I know. There's a couple programs through the Japanese government. One, the most well-known one, or two, I guess, um, are called JET and Interac. And JET and Interac are um, they're great. They 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 pay. Or from what I I haven't done it, so I can't like don't like quote me on this, but. Um, in my research and some of the people I've talked to, I've met some individuals that um, were doing jet in Kobe, which is near Osaka, uh, which is a great spot. That would be an incredible spot to go do that. Um, they all they all thought the experience was pretty good. Um, the the only the only problem with the jet and interact program is it's very it really depends on the situation. So you'll you'll either you usually hear one side like a strong side on the left or strong on the right where left is it was the best experience ever i was in the best city ever um, i got paid well all this stuff blah 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 and i did it for five years you can do it for a maximum of five years after a year you renew every time if you want to continue and it doesn't require any japanese um you put that on there if you don't speak japanese and you i believe you work as an uh, assistant what do they call it asl assistant ALS maybe assistant language instruct no what is it I don't know actually I apologize it's something like that you basically work as an ass assistant teacher and um, again it depends on the situation but it can be awesome but on the flip side it can be kind of not so great uh, I know another individual who speaks very good Japanese she's more fluent than I probably will ever be she's from America but speaks very very good Japanese also studied at the same school that I went to uh, she applied for jet right after graduation by the, I forgot to mention that you have to have a bachelor's degree um, to work in Japan and I could be wrong on all fronts but I believe on the main like ground level if you want to work in Japan and get a worker's visa you have to have a college degree of at least a bachelor's or higher a four-year college degree or higher so uh, I'll get back to my case in a sec but this girl she's yeah she's doing jet and I don't know if she's still there or not but she was I think last year and because her Japanese was so good they decided to put her in the countryside because she could. I, 
it's kind of they didn't they don't say for sure but it's kind of understood we think that um because her japanese is so good she can adapt a little better to the countryside than someone who doesn't speak japanese so they put her there and she obviously well for some people they might love that um but for her particularly she was a little more excited and she was she was used to living in osaka which is a big bustling city and there's lots to do and it's just this big adult playground of you know just fun and excitement and clubs and food and bars and things like that um and again her japanese is like fluent so uh i i felt really bad when she was bummed out she was really sad that she had to be in the countryside but of course it's a year you can make the best of it you do have the option to quit um once you once you're in the country you have i think a one year i think i think the work visa is either one year or three years so the one i'm applying for currently i guess to go back to my situation is I'm from America and I have, uh, you know, I speak uh, native English. I know a friend who works at a uh, language school and I asked them if they had any open positions. They said, well, you should talk to the boss. So I did a Skype interview with the boss. Um, It went really well. And they said, well, you know, if you want to work here, we'd be happy to hire you. And I was like, sweet. But again, nothing signed in paper. So please don't quote me on this. Please don't be like, I I actually asked, like, don't even follow up with me too much about it because I'll announce it, please. So um, this is kind of like a sneak preview because I know not that many of my viewers watch the podcast. So for those uh, special viewers, this is kind of like some like extra bonus stuff. I guess if I had a if I was a big YouTuber and had a Patreon, you guys are the Patreon guys right now. So thank you for being the the small viewers. But um, yeah, so don't don't hold this to me because it it could all flop because nothing is written in stone yet. So I'm hoping to go in March um, after this term is done for spring break, just in order to go and meet the boss and see the school and, you know, travel a little and see my friends and stuff. But for the most part, just go and like, maybe try to sign some paperwork and be like, so am I, am I actually in this? Is this for sure? Can I sign here? Um, that's kind of my plan right now. And then I am not allowed to begin the visa application process until after I've graduated. So the way this works I guess I didn't say I was, I was, I keep losing my train of thought, but before I was going to explain the three ways to get into Japan, the two, I guess, were Jet and Interact, and the third is the way I'm doing it right now, directly applying for a job. The only the only problem with directly applying for a job is most of the jobs require you to have some experience in English teaching, especially if you're going to be teaching with children, they expect you to have like at least minimum of two years of English teaching um, to children. But how do you get that experience without that first opportunity, right? So I'm really hoping that this job that I'm applying for right now is that opportunity. It doesn't pay super great, but my friend works there. He think, he says that the boss is really great, um, that it's a great company to work for. It's just a low salary. That's the only problem. Um, but for me, I'm like, hey, if I can get into a job, and I guess I can encourage you guys as well, if you guys are worried about, well, the wage might be low. But if you're thinking about living in Japan long term um, and English teaching is something that you're interested in, getting that first job, I think, is the most important thing. And um, so for me, I think it's more important that I'm just getting this job. I'll have a work visa in Japan. I'm applying for a three-year visa, so it's possible that I could find another job if I needed to. I'm going to be there. If I get hired, I'll be there on an annual contract kind of thing. So I could always find other work. Um, I could legally find part-time jobs, maybe even some under the table stuff that just pays like a little bit. Um, That's kind of the third way. And that's kind of how I'm going about it. So I think for me, it's worth it. Even if the salary is really low, um, it's going to be a great way for me just to get that experience so that I could apply for other jobs if I need to. And again, not like English teaching without a master's degree is never a high uh, never the highest pay. It's not much of a career 
in what I've seen, it's more of a job. Um, it, you know, it pays enough to get by and you could definitely live off of it. But as far as like saving up for retirement and saving up for savings, which is something I'm now having to start considering, I've never really thought about it before, but now that college is done and I'm repaying school, it's like, okay, I need to put money aside for repaying loans, money aside for retirement, money for savings in general, and then just like spending money, which spending money right now is a whopping zero. It's a whopping one of those. So, um, Again, it'll. I think it'll just be. I'm gonna utilize that time, make the best of it. It'll be. Um, I'll have more time, I think, for editing. I'm still gonna go out, but I will hopefully be able to get this channel doing a lot more and doing. I think the podcast is gonna be really fun because every week I'm gonna have a story. I think just coming home from Japan, I'm gonna write down something. And I'm gonna have some a lot of stuff for you guys. I, I can't wait. Um, being back here in America, it's basically like uh, I studied today and I studied yesterday because that's all I'm doing is studying. Um, yeah, so I guess my process, I actually went off topic with what I was going to talk about in the podcast today. I'll, I'll, I'll name the podcast whatever we, what did we talk about, I'm trying to move there. I don't know. We're just kind of ranting. Today's just a rant. And I hope, I hope this is enjoyable for anyone out there. Um, but my process, yeah. So I, um, I basically asked the boss, like, okay, well, if you're interested in hiring me, like, well, how do we do this? And he said, well, um, we can't start any of the application process stuff until after your, you have your bachelor's degree. You have to graduate first. So my I plan on graduating in June. So the second I graduate, I'm going to contact them. And um, basically the process is what you do. This is the same when I studied abroad, actually, to an extent. It's called a certificate of eligibility. And this is what you need to in order to get your work visa. And the, the hardest part with getting a, a I guess I'll call it a COE, Certificate of Eligibility, because I don't want to know that. It's a COE. The hardest part of getting your COE is that you need another company to sponsor your visa. They have to say, yes, we're going to hire this guy, so please let him into our country, um, because there's a lot of paperwork that goes with that. So the first step is to get your Certificate of Eligibility. That's the first thing. Um, hopefully, that it says it can take anywhere from up, from up to one to three months to get. When I did it before, I actually forget, but I think it was about six weeks for me to get mine. So let's say I graduate in June, apply for the COE, turn it in by the end of June, uh, maybe get it back end of July at the earliest or something like that. Once you have your COE, you're basically good. Um, again, I'm just, I'm going to do a little bit more research to clarify all this. So please don't like follow me on this alone. Please do your own research before you apply or look into any of this stuff, but this might help you know what to look for. Um, yeah, COE. And once you have your COE, you basically apply for the work visa then, and you take that to your Japanese consulate, wherever uh, you may live. Um, you go to the Japanese consulate, and you turn it in there, and apparently you get the visa within a week. It comes pretty pretty quick. So you, I think there's 14 different types of work visas, depending on what kind of career you're into, if you're an engineer or a doctor or something like that. I would be in the, I guess, I think it's called an instructor's work visa, I'll have to double check, but I think that's, I'll be an instructor, an English teacher or whatever. I think that's what it is. So that's what I'll be applying for. And I suppose once I get the visa, I'm going to, you know, contact the boss again and say, when do you want me to come in? And from there, I'm going to get a one-way one-way ticket and hopefully fly to Japan and um, get an apartment and get all settled in and start working. Uh, you know, here's hoping. So knocking on wood for that. We'll hope that that uh, actually goes through. And it's kind of my, yeah, that's my goal right now. So to answer your question, Eugenia, yes, that is my goal. And I hope that little bit can help at least steer you guys in the right direction. If you guys want to do a little more research about Jet or Interact or applying for a job directly like I am. Another website I recommend is called Gaijinpot. 
uh, gaijin pot. Gaijin means foreigner. It's kind of a rude word, so try not to use gaijin like in uh, if you're learning if you're a uh, new to the Japanese and you're starting to use it. I wouldn't use the word gaijin. I would use gaikokujin, uh, which just means like a foreign person rather than like foreigner, which can just sound a little. It's a little strong. It's a little word. A little uh, rude, but gaijin pot is a great website that they they can help you find housing for um for foreigners because finding housing as a foreigner in japan isn't always easy um a lot of places actually won't take foreigners for the sake of security in case you left the country and left them with a dirty apartment they'd have no way of file you know finding you or anything like that so this website helps find places that are friendly to foreigners and things like that you can you know <clears throat> do all your searching uh, you can find job positions and there's a lot of other stuff you can do on there so if you're interested in looking at just like uh, the hiring processes and the wages of uh, working in Japan, you can you can search that. And I have, I have a fun time sometimes just like fantasizing like, oh, what if I lived in Hokkaido? I wonder what's in Hokkaido. And you can just search stuff. It's kind of cool. Um, you can totally check out apartments and like the floor plans and all the pictures and it kind of can just get you excited. Like, wow, like this is actually possible. Um, so I recommend that website. It's pretty cool. I, if there's other websites actually, um, feel free to recommend them down below because I don't I don't use a lot of those, so I haven't really checked for too many of those. But um, yeah, let me see if there's another question here. Um, it's almost four in the morning for me, so I think I'm going to have to wrap this up a little early. Again, I apologize that this is a little bit shorter, but I hope that uh, hope that this is okay. Let's see. Uh, oh, this is actually from my friend Masa. What's up, Masa? If you guys saw my that video I mentioned before, the interviewing Japanese students, he was one of the guys that I interviewed, and I met him there. And there's a uh, one of the videos I did recently. I actually went with that same individual to an onsen for Christmas <laughs> because I didn't, I wasn't aware that Christmas was a couple's holiday, so I didn't have a date. And um, Masa also was uh, didn't have any plans for that evening, so I was like, "Yo, do you want to have a bro date?" So we went to the onsen together. It was a lot of fun, and uh, you can laugh all you want. It was pretty funny, and. Um, he was in that video, but he, it looks like he posted a question here. I haven't, I haven't read it yet. Let's see. He says, I have a question for my friend, which he, he heard there was no garbage on the streets in Japan. It's true. How do we cope with garbage that we may produce on the streets? As a Canadian, he just can't believe it. Yeah. Um, that's a good question, Masa. I guess it's Masa's friend who's asking it, but thank you, Masa, for posting that. Um, Japan's streets are sparkling clean. They are spotless. Um, of course, there's exceptions anywhere you go in the world, but uh, if you you know go to maybe I've I've seen some areas like like a river or something like that or like a park where some stuff is kind of washed up or clumpled up, but if you're in the city in the main city, it is so clean and you you it's surprising how you know, most people ask like how like there's so many people here there's so much tourism and so much like craziness how is it this clean? I don't really know the answer. I just know that Japanese clean up after themselves better than foreigners do. Foreigners don't really mind throwing their shit on the ground and just when they're done, that's it. And it's not their problem anymore. Um, from what I've seen in Japan, I've seen old men. What have I seen them do? I've, oh, I actually had a thought and it literally lost. But give me. Uh, oh, my goodness. It was. Um, I'm sorry. It was something where I was in a bathroom and I saw an old man do something, but I forget like the detail of what it was. And I feel really stupid now. We'll skip that one for now. It was something with like the soap or like so a paper towel. He basically cleaned. Let's say I'm just going to make something up, but this is essentially like the level that it was. It was essentially like someone had like washed their hands with like some soap and it splashed all over the mirror and then they walked out 
and an old man comes up with a rag and like cleans it off. It wasn't that, but it was like to that extent. Yeah. Like something where it's like, wait, why did he do that? Like, that's not his job. And it's it to me when I saw that, I all I could think was like, maybe the Japanese have some sort of like, you know, maybe I mean, and this also could not maybe apply to the younger generation because younger kids, maybe they're not going to do that. Um, could be an older thing. I don't know. But I saw the man and he did something like that. And it seemed like he just like I saw that he it's almost that like he had in like an obligation or uh, kind of a responsibility toward it's his country and just kind of doing his part and keeping it clean and keeping it going. It's a really big thing in Japanese society. You'll you'll see that it's 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 a really well working machine, the Japanese economy and just the working place. And of course, there's issues in all of those areas as well. But it's 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 very much a country that just works and it seems like i see a lot of people on the train and at the train stations and although some of the kids might be loud or like eating food and throwing the wrappers and stuff when the train stops they pick i've seen them they'll they'll pick it all up clean it up put it all into a a plastic bag and make sure to dispose of it properly and um the the garbage separation system in japan is also very interesting we could talk about that another time and if I go back to Japan, I'd love to explain it in detail because they're very, very specific on how you separate your garbage and your recycling and removing wrappers and taking off bottle caps. It's very specific. And it's not like you can just like throw it away and no one and it's unaccounted for. Uh, if there is someone who's not putting out their trash right, the whole neighborhood finds out because the local policeman will find out and start asking who's doing it. And if you're the one foreigner in the area, everyone's going to point their fingers right at you. So um, that's going to be a fun thing. I Although I was living there and I did separate my trash a little bit, living with a host family and stuff, it wasn't my responsibility personally. So um, I'm interested to see how that pans out. That will be that will be interesting. Um, but yeah, Masa was asking, yeah, just how is that the case? I really don't know. I just think Japanese society, in my from what I've seen, seemed to just have that kind of obligation and kind of that expectation of if you have garbage just keep it with you until you can throw it away which is surprising as well i guess the last note i'll make here is that there aren't a lot of trash cans in japan um if you if you come to america or i don't know how it is in foreign countries but in in like other foreign countries but in america there's trash cans on every corner just because we're that's how we combat littering is that if there weren't trash cans people are too lazy and they'll just throw it on the ground Um, I I remember I had a day in Japan where I carried a piece of garbage with me all day and it pissed me off. I was like, I wanted to be like Japanese when in Rome, do as Romans do. So I had like a bottle of some uh, green tea, finished that, a plastic bottle. And I had an onigiri, like a wrapped uh, rice ball, basically put that plastic inside or well, I said I had it separate, but I had it like in a sweatshirt kind of pocket. I was like, all right, well, the next time I see a trash can, I can throw it away. The only places you'll find trash cans in Japan that I know of are um, in convenience stores and I mean, maybe in restaurants too, but I wouldn't go into a restaurant to throw something away. Convenience stores and train stations. Those are the two main spots where you're going to throw stuff away. And luckily there's a lot of them. So you usually can get lucky and just go up to one and throw stuff away. But I've seen uh, in the off chance that you can't find one, the next best place, it's not a great place. So don't do it, but people do do it where uh, at the vending machines they'll always have a recycling thing for the cans or the bottles next to it a lot of people just slip stuff in there (laughs) because it's kind of a trash can I guess it's better than throwing it on the ground but then you're not recycling I don't know whatever but um, that is a good point Masa that's definitely something uh, that's worth noting is that Japan is a clean country and um, 
like as a country as a whole maybe in the countryside you might see some a little bit more stuff but in the cities it's it's unbelievable but uh yeah well i i actually went so off course of what i was originally going to discuss which was um studying what you want to study i could leave that for another time it's not like a big topic i could go into it another time but uh I guess um, that went a little better than I thought it would, considering I'm so tired. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, it's four in the morning for me. I'm going to now put this video together, uh, start uploading it, and go to bed. And hopefully you guys will get this by Monday morning. And I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. If you guys liked, enjoyed, or have any questions, comments, or crit criticisms on the podcast, please leave a comment down below. Please like and subscribe to all of my social media crap. I got uh, SoundCloud now snapchat twitter and instagram snapchat twitter and instagram are all under the same tag soundcloud's the only one that's different um i think it's the point of no return on those because i've used that uh at emart756 in all of my older videos so if i changed it now if people tried to follow me on that it would get confusing so maybe in the future like if we hit 100,000 subs i'll announce okay new account because i don't know it's hard, you know. I think we've reached the point of no return. Anyways, go ahead and follow me on there. I'm not going to delete those for now. And, um, again, thank you guys for listening and tuning in. I hope you guys got something out of this. Um, apologize for my sleepiness. I'll try to get this done a little bit earlier next week so that I'm at least awake and hopefully have something uh, interesting to talk about and a little bit more prepared. But, uh, anyways, guys, I hope you guys have a good week. Have a good night. Um, yeah. Keep on studying Japanese, keep on staying interested in Japanese culture, and keep on asking me questions because these are great and I love to talk about them. And if there's something I don't know, I would love to research it more. Uh, like this the uh, this visa stuff, it'd be really cool to discuss that in detail later. Um, yeah, anyways, have a good night, and I'll see you guys next time. Ja, mata.